G'day and welcome back to the Ingredient X podcast. For anyone that is new, this podcast is about investigating the line that exists between being born with natural ability and developing habits that breed success. Today, I am really excited to bring you the second interview on the podcast, this time proudly without any technical difficulties. Today, I interview Farhan Islam, a high-achieving VCE student that graduated with a massive 99.9 ATAR. During the interview, I chatted to Farhan about practical tips anyone can adopt to master VCE, but also the flip side being the mental attitude one must adopt to overcome failure and satisfy a deep curiosity. Big shout out to Farhan for jumping on the podcast, and if you are a year 10, 11, 12 student doing VCE, Now is the time to grab that notebook and pen. The amount of value in this guy's words is insane. Just before I go, you can find me on Instagram at Grady Tyson, all one word, and I look forward to chatting to you about this episode. Farhan, Mm. welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Grady. Good to be here. How are you? Oh, it's it's just an honor to be here. I, um, yeah, I didn't realize I was, uh, yeah. I was valuable enough to be on, but it's nice to know that I am. It's, It's good. You are valuable. Oh, thank you. Now, Farhan, I've uh, I've caught you just before you've escaped. You're going to uni tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Nearly just about to escape my parents. I'm nearly there. I can sense it. You're nearly there. I'm at the finish line. No, no, I am... (laughs) Been yeah. a bit of a bit of a bit of a race, has it? The last yeah, couple of months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. My parents have been amazing, so yeah, that's good. Nice to have their support. That's really as good. a movie. Yeah. All right. So Farhan, I have a question for you, mate. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite color? Favorite color? Ah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's a great question. No, I've got to say blue. I've got to say blue. I know it's. It, I know it's the gender stereotype, but I just, I just love it. You know. You know, I've been to the sea a lot. You know, Great Barrier Reef, places like that. Um, and uh, yeah, I just love the you know the clear blue ocean. Or even the clear blue sky, and it just gives me a just 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 this a feeling of elation and you know satisfaction. That was Something, a really complex so, answer. I know, I know. It's just a color. I know that so, was very spiritual, wasn't it? Oh, gosh. It's not really about the color. It's about what the color represents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that fun. That's yeah. huge. So just for a bit of context, and so we can learn a bit about your past. Could you please tell us a bit about yourself and who you are, where you've come from? You can start from wherever you like. Oh, yeah. Um, I, forgive, I tend to ramble on a bit, but... Um, I'll stop you. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it. So, yeah, everyone knows I'm, uh, my name is Farhan, right? Um, and I know it's a bit of a... Not the name. Not a name you're used to expecting. Um, I mean, you're hearing my Aussie accent, but the truth is I'm not actually... Um, you're fair-skinned, shall we say? I'm not a, uh, I'm not a white Australian. I am... Um, <laughs> You probably could have guessed that from the name, but um, I'm actually um, I actually have a Bangladeshi background. So um, so my parents come come from Bangladesh, so I'm just a small country next to India in um in in Asia, and uh, they they lived there for you know their whole lives. Um, um, and then you know around 2000, um, they decided to to move here because um that's where my uh, my aunt and uncle on my dad's side were living. They were living in Rockhampton in Queensland, um, and they thought you know um. Will come over, um, and I think that was, you know, that was um, catalyzed by the fact that my my uh, granddad had recently passed away. So my um, my dad's dad, um, so he passed away in um, Anzac Day two thousand. Um, and the you know the ironic thing about that is he's actually uh, in the army. Um, really? Yeah, wow. and he died on Anzac Day. That's quite spooky, isn't it? Um, I'm really sorry to hear that. No, me. no, yeah, that's, yeah, thanks. Man. But no, it's all good. Um, but you know, every cloud has a silver lining, and I think this story shows that. Um, so my parents came over here for the funeral in Rocky. Um, but then, and then my aunt and uncle convinced my dad, in particular, you know, you're here in Australia. It's so much better than Bangladesh because in Bangladesh, every you know, every nook and cranny, there's rubbish, and you know, it's not well sanitized. Um, uh, yeah, um, the drainage in the city, in particular, it's just not you know. It's not good quality. Um, so they came over here and discovered, you know, the quality of life here in general is better. And they thought, why not settle down here? So I think my, my dad was convinced to settle down. He applied for jobs in every state. And Shepparton was the first one that he... It was the first location in which he got an offer. Because wow. um, he was a doctor. I think doctors are really in demand. Um, still is a doctor, of course. So he moved here um, in 2000. And he's been here ever since. So I was born a year later. And so, yeah, I've lived here my whole life. And uh, I think the silver lining from my granddad dying is that I got to grow up here, uh, be born here, grow up here, have this privileged education and, uh, you know, not be disadvantaged by any language barriers. I was learning English from a really young age. I hope that shows. Yeah, of course. So you lived in Shepparton for your whole life? Yeah, yeah. How was your primary school? 
Yeah, so I went to I went to Grainvale Primary School in yeah. uh, in the east, uh, Chef East, and uh, oh, you know, I, I just I loved it. It was it was really really awesome. Um, it wasn't it wasn't actually that big when I got there. It's really big now. Um, there was only like two hundred fifty kids, I think, when I went. Two thousand seven is when I started in prep. Um, and uh, yeah, I um I have this distinct uh, memory of um, playing on the tennis court. Yeah, they had they had some beautiful tennis courts, but um, I think the the year after that they took out the tennis courts, like ripped them up and replaced them with this massive like undercover area. Um, oh, it's wow. it's beautiful. You should take a look at it. It's this really tall structure. Oh, um, I thought it would have like a massive your heart. roof. No, no, well, I mean it did at first, but when I saw how big and beautiful the new area was and tons of basketball or ball courts, mm. um, yeah, it was really nice. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then your high schooling. Yes, high schooling. Oh, yes. How was that for you? Oh, I, I just I love it. Um, so I went to to Golden Valley Grammar School, and uh, yeah, it's just it's an amazing place. I have such a strong connection to yeah. it. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, if you ask people there, they'll say, "Oh, yeah, I see, still see Fahan every day. I can't stop." Do you still go there, Fahan? Ah, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. That's not embarrassing. No, no. Well, you know, my sister's there, and uh, yeah, I just have such a strong connection with the place. You know, I've met so many friends. That's really good to hear, um, Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, no, it's really awesome. Well, building upon that, rumor has it that you got a bit of a riffer ATAR and a certain school award that goes along with that. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you want to talk about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Beautiful. Um, so, yeah, yeah, my ATAR, I mean, it's it, it's kind of weird, isn't it? You're on your computer, um, you've logged in, and you're like, clicking this one button will reveal the fruits of an entire year's entire year. worth of work. It's just... It's just a really, uh, just a really unique, weird situation to be in. And, uh, yeah, had a bit of trouble pressing that button. We're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. Uh, counting down. Three, two, one. No, no, I'm not going to. So, you know, all this <laughs> delaying. Um, but, you know, eventually I, I convinced myself to just go for it. Yeah. Um, so, click the button. Yeah. And on the screen, there it is. 99.90. And I just... <laughs> Just immediately, what did on you the do? Spot, just jumping, screaming, yep. on the spot. Oh, it was what awesome. did you do when you get that kind of score? Oh man, it That's was amazing. You know, I was right in the chair you're sitting in right now. Oh, I was wow. facing that computer. Yeah, uh, you, right you heard it here, folks. This is a this is a room full of history. This is yeah, this is a historic room. Oh. And I think especially historic because um, yeah, I I managed to. <laughs> Um, I was, you know, fortunate enough yeah. on it, uh, to get the, I have the distinct honor of becoming the ducks of, of the school. You were, um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, t- to be honest, I, I don't want to sound arrogant or anything, but no, never. Wh- when I, you know, as soon as I got the ATAR, I thought, hey, I'm in with it. I'm within a shout here of getting ducks. Did you maybe. think at that point that you perhaps were pipped with a 9995 or were you confident far home? Oh, that's a great question. You know, to be honest, we have some really we do have talented some, people. Some I actually out, thought yeah. there was a possibility. I mean, I was I was confident, but I I definitely had this possibility that you know maybe I wouldn't get it. Um, mm. But to be honest, I mean, it wasn't going to be the end of the world if I didn't. But, no, uh, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe for my parents, but you know, being Asian <laughs> parents, but not for me. <laughs> it's just the, the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, is yeah. Ducks, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So but, Farhan, yeah, I it. Um, we can take today's discussion either one of two ways, mm. or both. Okay. And it just depends on the talking mood that you're in, I suppose. So firstly, we can talk about the physical habits that you developed throughout the year study-wise to get the, the success that you did achieve. Or we could talk about the uh, the mental attitude that you adopted during your year for your studies. Oh, yeah. Both I think are important and yeah. both I want to hear your opinion on, but it just depends wherever you want to start. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I I agree with you. I think both are really, um, yeah, really crucial. Um, oh, where do I want to start? It's a good question. Well, I think, I think it'd be, I think... I think we'll start with the obvious mental strategies, but yeah. then I think maybe sort of come back to finish off strong with the physical strategies. We'll, we'll do a full circle. It's one that's underestimated, I think, the physical aspect of it. Because um, you don't want to be just, yeah, over, <clears throat> overloading with mental strategies. Um, okay. Yeah. And forget about, you know, the physical aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, mentally, um, I, 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 you know, I think mentally... Um, achieving that i mean i don't i don't want to sound immodest but i feel you know achieving that kind of success that i have um obviously you do need good mental strategies for study studying um, of course that's important but i think also you need um stress management um uh, strategies as well i think there's this real stigma of um you know um year 12 just another year 
Um, nothing too much to worry about. Um, and I think that's a good attitude to take. I think it's a good, it's a good one. You know, year 12 is just following on from year 11. But at the same time, I think, um, I think whenever people feel really stressed out in year 12, they have this pressure building on them. They think, oh no, no, I'm supposed to be thinking that year 12 is just another year. I'm not supposed to make too big a deal out of it. And I think that stresses people out even more. Um, so I think what I'd say in that respect is, yeah, of course, you know, um, it's good to treat year 12 like just another year following on from year 11. But at the same time, don't, um, when you feel the stress, just remember that in reality, year 12 is, you know, it, it does have that added stress to it. And, you know, don't feel like, um, you're, you're worthless or anything. If you, you know, um, at times succumb to that stress, I think it's, it's very natural. Um, so yeah, I think there's that managing that stress. Farhan, what point in the year saw you with the most stress? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was early June. Um, I have a very vivid memory of this one week mm. where we had just a ton of activities on. I think that happens in year 12. You have these, as, as much as you try not to cram in your studies, you'll have these weeks where you have lots of sacks, lots of um, even just extracurricular activities you have to do. So <clears throat> just um, what date was the gap? It was like early June. I've expelled that from my memory. Yeah, personally. that's not a bad idea. Um, I think sort of early June. Um, yep. We had this week where we had. Um, are you? I think you're in my. You weren't in my methods class. Um, no. Last year, but no. um, I think I'm pretty sure. Um, well, that week we had the GAT. We had the senior yeah. formal. Um, we had a methods sack. Um, I think we might have had an English sack as well. Um, so just that week where we had a lot of assessments piling up, as well as uh, you know um, the formal. Um, I think that sort of that does add a bit of stress um, to the to the um, the routine, um, but you know at the same time I think um, events like the formal almost in a way help to ease that stress. Um, I mean I was I was involved in organising it. I think that's what sort of made it a little bit more stressful. Um, but I think at the end of the day that 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 formal was a place where I got to let my hair down a bit. Um, mm. So that was good. Why were you involved in organising the the senior formal? Oh yes. Okay. So. Um, so I was a, I was lucky enough to be a prefect, as were as were you, Grady. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, as you know, it's it's a very rewarding experience. Um, it's a, definitely something I think aspiring year eleven leaders um, should, even year ten should start thinking about and going for if you you know if you're interested in in that sort of pathway. Um, um, but yeah, um, yeah, we have all these different portfolios for prefects at our school. Um, I was I was lucky enough to be assigned to the portfolio of um, school community. There you go. Um, and you th- and people are listening to us thinking, you know, what on earth is that about? It's such, it's a bit of a vague, yeah. maybe. Um, it's, a, it's a bit out there. It is. It is. It, uh, school community is very broad. Um, but at the same time, I think that is that sums up the uh, the portfolio very well. I think that's mm. what it is about. It's about. Um, I think it's about promoting the values that sort of hold the community together. So I think the formal was a senior formal for year, years 11 and 12. That was a big example of that, bringing the community together. Um, and we also raised awareness of a really important school-related issues such as, as, as bullying. So mm. we, um, I mean, I don't know if you've heard of um, of Dolly, Dolly Everett. Um, Northern Territory, yeah, uh, yes. really sad story. A Northern Territory teenager Terrible. who, mm. yeah, sadly committed suicide because of cyberbullying. Um, and, you know, we... Um, that's called community prefects. It was it was about promoting her cause and um, you know really making sure that um, bullying, um, especially you know, in the form of cyberbullying as it's popped up nowadays, it's just it's not okay anywhere. Um, was the ATAR that you got Farhan? Yeah. Was it a representation of how smart you are or how hard you were? Oh, that that is a great question. Where does oh. the line exist? Yeah, it's a it is a great question. Um, I think the line is it, it sort of exists at different places, maybe for different people. But um, I feel like, and I don't want to, I don't want to brag too much, of course. But um, fun, fun. You got a really good ATAR, <laughs> and I'm here to share some knowledge <laughs> to some people that want a really good ATAR. <clears throat> Anything you have to say is absolute gold at this point. So, yeah, so um, do your worst. No, no. <laughs> do your worst. Um, I think uh, where we draw the line is actually actually more closer to natural ability. I think um, it was the math subjects that really carried me allowed me to get that high score. Were special methods of subjects that you knew from the start you would have to devote the most time to? Special methods. For you? Oh, that's a good no not no, not necessarily. Mm. Um I, I knew that they were definitely they they were more than likely going to be my top 
subjects, but I didn't want to go into the year um, having that kind of mindset. I wanted to go into the year with the mindset of let's split everything equally Hmm. and we'll see what happens. Interesting. So yeah, it is. It is. It's definitely yeah. It's 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 um. It's not something you'd hear very often, I don't think. But yeah. uh, I wanted to make sure I um, devoted that an equal amount of time. But at the same time, um, I feel like maths is came more naturally to me. Um, and I know people will be listening to this thinking, "Oh my God, maths comes naturally to him." Ah, oh. ah. <laughs> oh. And you know, I feel very lucky, fortunate, because I've met a lot of people who for whom it doesn't come so naturally. And uh, so, in some senses, um, coming back to the devotion of equal time to subjects, mm-hmm. I, in many ways, I sort of, um, in many ways, I actually pri- prioritized other subjects. Um, really? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, to be honest, the prioritization of other subjects was really based on, um, it was it was fluid, it was flexible. So it was based on what I didn't, did or did not understand within the subject at the time. So, for instance, um, I don't know, there was a point where uh, in English, um, we were doing the uh, text response essay. Um, yeah, um, uh, which we did on the women of Troy, um, okay. Greek play. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you've forgotten about it as I have. Uh, who wrote it? Euripides. Uh, Euripides. Euripi that's who? the one. <laughs> yeah, Euripides. Um, it's quite. It's quite actually quite an interesting play, I think. But um, uh, the, the point is, there was this um, text response essay in English, and although English is not usually my my best subject, I actually found I was getting that quite um quite well. So in that respect, I didn't devote as much time in that sort of two or three weeks to that uh, topic. But on the flip side of that, in chemistry, um, we we just started a redox. Okay. Um, re- reduction oxidation reactions. They're essentially what yeah, they're what power batteries and cells. Um, just for those non-chem students. Um, so essentially, if you've got a battery, um, any kind of battery or a fuel cell, or you know, generating electricity through batteries. That's redox is essentially the chemistry yeah. of that. Um, and that was something I was actually uh, struggling with quite a bit. I was looking at it, looking at it over and over. It, it wasn't gelling. Um, so that's that's um, what I devoted more time to in that time period. Um, so yeah, it, so at that time, English was lower, chemistry was higher, but it was actually fluid. Um, my prioritization depending on what I didn't understand or what I did understand in each of the subjects. So I tried to be as flexible as possible with my mm-hmm. my timetable, my study timetable. So you like. your study timetable would change depending on how yeah. well you grasp yeah. concepts that you were experiencing during That's that time. Correct. Right? Yeah, okay. I think yeah, I think it's a bit dangerous to sort of have this rigid, you know, completely rigid, structured, fixed study routine. You know, four o'clock to to five. You know, uh, four o'clock to five o'clock on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Always English. Um. It's it's good to have that routine, of course, but um, I think it's it's good if you can just sort of um, yeah be yeah. F- a bit a bit more flexible with it. So going off that, did you find your groove with studying naturally, or was it something that you had to work on during the year? Right. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think to be honest, um, for the most part, um, once I actually got into it, it mm. was fine. Um, yeah. I sort of I got on a roll. I think um a big part of that was. Um, being in this study room, I mean, you're in here now. You can see it's a it's a nice, quiet environment. We're isolated. Um, very, we are very isolated, yeah, but it's um, a very nice room. Ah, oh, thank you. That's very <laughs> kind. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I've got the, um, I've got everything I need in here. I don't, I don't yeah. keep my phone with me at all. Um, I just leave that. Mm. Um, I just leave that in my bedroom, say. Um, so that way I'm not tempted to check social media or anything like that. Because um, once you, you know, once you get in there, it's just, yeah. yeah. You, you dig, you know, you dig try to dig yourself. Yeah, you dig yeah. yourself a hole. That's right. Um, you can't get out, which is totally understandable. I think uh, mm. it's a natural, natural urge. Um, but yeah, so I kept everything in here quiet. I have a have a fan in here. I have a heater for climate control. I'm just optimizing the study environment. Um, so I found once I got onto a, in, um on a roll um yeah i was pretty good um, but at the same time it took me a few minutes like five minutes or so just to just to get into the groove um it wasn't like got the books out bam straight away i'm you know yeah. writing like einstein or something like that mm-hmm. um you know take you know i think um that's a really important thing in yourself in general not just when it comes to study to study um you know you get these you're exposed to all these study tips um and don't 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 just don't put pressure on yourself um mm. to to have it work right away um you know, you don't want this expectation of, oh, you know, it's been it's been a few days. It's not working for me. You don't want that. It's the kind of thing that, you know, where the impacts are reveal themselves over time. 
um, as opposed to in the short term. Um, but at the same at the same time, you know, obviously if it if it's not working over a few weeks or so, then you want to you know see someone about it. But I think yeah, you don't want to be too hasty, um, impatient. Um, so yeah, that's how I just yeah. So I was able to get into the groove of things pretty quickly through those yeah those tips. Was there anything in this room or perhaps in your schedule that you had to change that you identified just wasn't working for you early on? Mm, oh, that's... No, to be honest. No. Yeah, okay. I think it worked. Um, um, yeah, no, I think it all worked out quite well. Um, I think uh, I, I made sure that I was still committed to the all the, the co-curricular activities that, um, you know, really interested me. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, maybe happy that I enjoyed. Um, so yeah, for instance, I um, you know participated in the school production over many years. Um, found myself to be a um, oh, quite the budding performer. Well, I, I was okay, <laughs> yeah, um, but I really enjoyed it. So I made sure I didn't give that up in year twelve. I think that's important. You don't want to give up everything in year twelve. I think I think it is important. I think your teachers will tell you that you more often than not you will have to make some kind of sac- um <clears throat> sacrifice. Um, yeah, of course, but. You, you don't want to lose everything. Um, I actually think that those, you know, spending Wednesday nights at, at production rehearsal every week um, and even on Sundays as well, um, I think in some ways that defines the year 12 experience, not just in terms of the memories that you take out of it, um, you know, that you'll keep for a long time, but also in terms of um, easing your stress, making you more relaxed. Um, yeah, I think that really helps with uh, your managing the stress levels. How hard was it to find that balance? Did you find yourself overcommitted or undercommitted at any point in the uh, year? Yeah. Like, oh, I wish I was doing something else or I'm mm. doing too much. That is an excellent question. Well, to be honest, yeah. Um, I think that um, that sort of came into effect, especially around the time um, that the production was performed. Mm. So we did um, we did Oliver uh, based on Oliver Twist and we performed it in, in sort of um, late late May, I think. So it's sort of 20, you know, 20th of May, that area. Um, but you know, of course, term two was in full swing still at that point. Um, so yeah, at that time, I found myself somewhat yeah overcommitted to the production, making sure I had my lines memorized. I didn't want to embarrass myself on the night um, nights. So yeah, I just I had to make sure that um, yeah I was really getting um, all that out smoothly, memorizing the lines and the songs. Um, so yes, I think at that point, I, I sort of, I did fall into that trap of not really looking back at my study notes at all, um, really at all during that time. We have this whole week devoted to rehearsals um, and then the performances come and during that week, I wasn't really, I sort of had this mindset of, now I'm just going to focus on the production for now and not look at my study notes at all. Um, as long as you just look over it just briefly, like you look over the notes you've made, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, just look over them. You don't have to necessarily do an in-depth analysis of them, but just go over them every so often. Um, and I think that helps cement that in your long-term memory instead of having it disappear like it did for me. So I had to go back, work afterwards, work a bit hard, harder. To, yeah. Let's talk about that though, Farhan. Yeah, of course. Let's dive into <laughs> yeah, yeah. technically, how did you achieve darks? How? I want to know. Yeah. And also, I don't. I don't want to hear anything about it. Depends on the, on the person you are. It depends on your circumstances. I want to know, and everyone wants to know how many hours a night do you need to stay? <laughs> oh, that's a that is an yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, it really depends on the. No, no, we're not going. We're not going there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 different people will tell you different things, but if I'm being honest. I th- I think generally the 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 numerical figure that's often quoted in Year Twelve is say uh, two uh, two or three hours per night I think is generally the, the what you want to be averaging, um, yeah. But at at the same time I think um, I'm always going by those quantitative methods is maybe not the best thing. Hmm. I think often it's about um, you know stopping um, every so often just take a step back and see you know have I really got this have I made progress and. If if you haven't, maybe just going. Oh, sorry. Maybe just um, studying for a little bit more. So it's not like um, you don't want to constrict yourself by saying, okay, I've got to study precisely two and a half hours every night. And if I if I don't get everything done, or if I don't understand everything, well, so be it. That's my two and a half hours. Hmm. Um, that's that's a bit dangerous. So I think when people say, you know, oh, um. You know, I, I studied for I studied every day for two hours, and I still did flunk the sack. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, I don't obviously don't want to criticize them. You know, no, they might have just had a bad day, but yeah. at the same time, you know, yeah, you can't just say, oh, you know, I'm going to study two hours for the sake of, you know, being able to say that to other people. Oh, I studied for two hours. Um, when in actual fact, you may not have got everything done that you need to for yeah, the sack in that two hours. You might not be prepared. Um, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't think you should do that silly just so you can quote it as a figure necessarily to other people, but it's mm. for your own benefit to see where you're at. Um, but yeah, but at the same time, you don't want to be go- you don't want to be saying, "Oh no, it's been two hours. It's been three hours, four hours, five hours. I still don't get it." That's when you got to say, "Okay, look, I've got to ask someone." Yeah. So you don't want to go for too long, mm. but at the same time, I think it's important to, um, yeah, to not restrict yourself. Um, you know, to go to study a little bit further if necessary. I know that's difficult because you're like, "Ah, oh, do I really have to study more?" You know, it's been two hours, um, but I think. Number one, once you're in the groove, um, I, f- I feel like once you're in the, that mindset, you actually want to get it. Mm. You want to understand it. Um, so I think you let natural curiosity take over. Um, and if not natural curiosity, then maybe just a, a desire to do well, right? Um, and so that put and that's a, that allows you to sort of push on a, just that bit further to get it, uh, understand it. Um, but I think the second thing with that is, um, if it's you know you've got a two-hour session. Um, please don't do two hours straight. That's not a good idea. There we go. Um, so yeah, I think when people say, "Ah, oh, been studying for three hours. This is killing me." Mm. Maybe the problem is you haven't taken a break. Mm. Um, I think taking a break is one of the best things you can do. Um, How often? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, for me, me personally, every sort of half an hour. Mm. So I think a real, um, you know, solid um, half an hour of study for me, um, uh, really concentrating having that 100% focus. Um, but then after that, um, just taking a, a five-minute break or so just to recharge, grab a, a drink of water, um, have a snack, um, anything like that. Go yeah. to the bathroom maybe. Um, you know, Even just um, go for a, a walk outside, get the fresh oxygen, fresh air mm. into your brain um, and then go back at it for another 30 minutes. Um, I think that really helps just chunking the, the, the study um, into those blocks um you know even if it's not 30 minutes maybe even 20 minutes um but as long as you're really 100 percent focused um then you'll find you get a lot done in those blocks than you would if you were um you know studying for two hours straight at only say 50 percent concentration because you're like oh i've got to study for two hours i'm not really in this so you would say that perhaps it's very important to not only have breaks but on the flip side when you're working when you're sitting at your desk you need to be working. Actually be working, yeah. Focused. Yeah, I think that's the obviously the difficult thing with it, yeah. How did you stay focused? Oh, yeah, excellent question. Um, yes, really good. Well, like I said before, um, like I said before, minimizing distractions, um, mm-hmm. you know, having a quiet room, all those study skills that, um, that you know, people will tell you about uh, when they come to your school. Uh, but as yes, you and I know, um, I think when you're actually in the moment, it's a bit deeper than that. There's a deeper mental side to it. Um, mm. So, you know, we've, you know, we had study skills um, sessions and people came over um, um, and, you know, Big D, the Big D, Darren Pereira, right? If you've heard of him, um, came over, gave us some really good tips, um, which is fine, which is, you know, really good. Um, it, it really helps you. But... Um, when you're in the moment, obviously, there is that, that mental battle. Because um, those study skill sessions, they don't cover, um, they don't explicitly cover the content you, you're encountering. Mm. Um, and the truth of the matter is the content you have is, you know, it's not easy. Year 12 isn't easy. There's some difficult stuff there. Um, Heard it here first. Yeah, there is. Year 12 um, is difficult. It is difficult. I mean, it's okay to feel that way, you know, to feel overwhelmed. It is a difficult experience, but, mm. um, you know, it's rewarding as well. But when you're in those study moments, um, trying to, you're encountering this concept, of course, you're going to have those mental battles, no matter, uh, mental battles, no matter what strategies you may have heard or mm. are employing. So what happened to me was, like I say, with Einstein's relativity, um, I was struggling with it. So what I did was... Um, First of all, recognizing that um, it, the reason for that is probably because I'm approaching it in a, with a um, narrow mindset. So I'm approaching it from just a single angle. Um, so I've got, this, I've got these connections I'm trying to make. I'm coming at it from the same, the same angle um, and it's just not working. So I realize I have to take a step back and come at it from a different angle. Okay? If, you, if, you, if you find you, it's not working, 
who cares if you had a break five minutes ago? You're going to have to take another one, right? Because mm. that's the that's the ultimate end goal. Um, ultimately, people don't care if you took two minute, uh, you know, two five minute breaks, or, you know, in the space of twenty minutes. Say they don't only care if you've underst- understood the concept. Now, what is a different angle? <laughs> that's a great question. Um, it is a really good question. Well, I think for me, with the relativity, the notes that we were given were um, sort of um, bullet point form. Um, so just dot points, basically. What I probably should have been doing was um, uh, looking at it through a visual method, um, a- obtaining a visualization of that of that process. You know what it looked like. So that's what it was like for me. Um, so essentially, that was you know drawing a picture, looking up pictures online, seeing what how the bullet points translated into um, real. Uh, yeah, translated into the real world. Into the real um, world. Yeah. Although your relativity is you'll find is not really applicable on a day-to-day basis, but it is, it is you know, it has a real-world representation, um, particularly with spaceships traveling in, you know, outer space. Um, and, yeah, so for me, it was that. And watching YouTube videos that explained it with that, you know, pictographic representation um, and the animation uh, that came with it. And that sort of helped me to absorb what was going on. So, Farhan, what you've just explained to me is a process very heavily reliant on self-directed learning. You would agree? Yes, yes. Did you ask for help? And was there someone who supported you more than others in year 12? I think, yeah. I mean, the subjects I was studying were a bit different to what they, they studied at school. Um, my mom's an accountant. She did more of the social sciences, um, like you, Grady, you know, the business and the economics, and <laughs> the accounting. Um, so that's what she did. Um, so she wasn't too much help to me. Um, oh, yeah. So she wasn't too much help to me. Um, no, but she, oh, but, but, she, I was, mean, she was a lot of help. Too, oh, so. I mean, yeah, not academically. You love but her obviously. dearly. Oh, of course. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was a close call for It was a close call. I wasn't call. sure where yeah. you were going with that one. Uh, <laughs> no, no. But yeah, no, honestly, <laughs> shit, I mean, like, yeah, they, they were all a massive help. Yeah, yeah. Really have to thank my parents there. They were really good. Yeah. Um, I'm not just saying that because I have to. I do mean that. Um, no, of course. Uh, yeah. Of course. Maybe you might have to say it now because... <laughs> oh, yeah, no, of course. No, no, I, it's not sarcastic at all. I think it's a genuinely, uh, yeah, yeah, important important aspect of it. Um, it's very hard if you don't have the support of people at home. Um, what about academically? Yeah, yeah, okay. So, my, so like I said, my mum maybe not quite as equipped to help me with the science subjects that I was studying, you know, chemistry, physics... And the maths, like we mentioned before. Um, mm. So uh, my dad, my dad was 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 good. My dad, you know, my dad's a doctor, so he, you know, he has that chemistry sort of biology background. But he was more biology, so uh, and I didn't take that. So um, yeah, maybe again, you know, not quite as much help as say my teachers, who whom I would, um, you know, uh, go to for assistance a bit more often. Um, did you? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, I think particularly for English. English is, because um, you've heard, um, you know, I think we've, you've covered the fact that, uh, you know, maths is something I'm a bit more comfortable with, and that generally means English is, is not so much, and that's the case with me. Um, so, yeah, um, it, it, I mean, you know, I love reading books, I love um, grasping the ideas that are there, um, but linking them together in a sophisticated, coherent way in one hour, one hour per essay. Yeah. That's something I... um what yeah. a marathon effort. Oh, yeah, it was insane. Um, yeah, it was insanely difficult for me. Um, I'm sure insanely difficult for a lot of the listeners out there as well. I'm sure it's meant um, to be difficult for everyone that attempts that. Oh, that's, that's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's not easy for any, anyone. I think everyone has to be sort of really focused. Um, just instead of having to think on the fly, you know, on the spot in the exam, as soon as you saw the topic... Um, having those pre-written ideas and themes, I, that that helped. Um, and in actual fact, um, in the exam, some of those pre-written ideas helped me to write yeah. the essay for Section B, the comparative on yeah. Invictus and Ransom. Um, but at the same time, obviously, you've got to be ready to adapt as well. Um, you can't just have these pre-written responses. And the examiner's reports um, and, you know, all the um, Ed Roller videos, so on, they, they all go through this in great depth. Um, so I won't cover it too much, but essentially, you know, you don't want to have pre-written essays, um, mm. dangerous. So you have to be ready to adapt. Um, I think that's important, not being afraid to ask for help. Uh, you know, don't think that by by asking for help, um, you know, uh, automatically your parents, your teachers will see you as, oh, you know, he doesn't, you know, they don't know what they're doing. In actual fact, I think it's a sign of real great strength. Experts are talking a lot about changing the conversation away from a work versus life balance and now towards a work-life integration. 
believing you shouldn't be splitting your time so aggressively, I guess. For you, was it work versus life or work and life that best represents your study habits during your time? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think it varies from person to person. But for me, to be honest, I think the the work-life integration is actually what applied more to me. Um, but I guess because... Uh, I'm the sort of person who loves learning and acquiring new knowledge. Um, so when I started out with all my, in particular, you know, my science subjects, physics and chemistry, just learning about the world around us, how it works, you know, the atoms, particles, how they interact, um, and physics as well, looking at, mm. you know, uh, analyzing so many real-life situations. That's what really fascinated me. But so, Farhan, was it more of a... I need to schedule some time out to study or was it, you know how they talk about how we should be studying for really short bursts sometimes, like if you're walking to school, if you're on the bus. Yeah. Did yeah. you incorporate any of those techniques into your study routine? Ah, well, oh, that's a great question. Well, to be honest, yeah. Were there any yeah. lists on the back of your bathroom door? Ah, um, no. No. no, not as such. No, no. I just sort of kept them in here. But actually, I think that... pointing to his head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I should have said that. Yeah. That's right. Um, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to be honest, after exams are finished, I thought, you know what? That might have actually been a good idea. Um, I actually did do have... Um, I did actually did have a sheet of paper on the back of my bathroom door, but that wasn't um, so much last year. That was the year before when I fast-tracked Indonesian. Oh, um, okay. So yeah, yeah, twenty eighteen, year eleven, I, I did Indonesian as a second language, as a fast track subject, and you know there's so many new um, vocab words mm. that I had to get um, used to. Um, so that ended up with me, yeah, putting those pages of vocab on the bathroom door, even the shower door, just going through them so that they were really firmly imprinted within my memory. Um, but when it came to year twelve, not so much. It was in English, and I sort of, I felt, you know, didn't really feel the need to. I suppose you had formula sheets for your science and maths. Well, that's right. Yes. Yeah, very much so. Um, I mean, in physics, um, in Victoria, certainly you can take, uh, into your exam, you can take um, a massive uh, cheat sheet, like uh, the equivalent of a one-sided A3, basically. And so you get, can fit a lot of them. We get a whole book for, for methods, don't we? Yeah, 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 absolutely. A bound reference. So whether it's a whether it's a textbook or your entire year's worth of notes, um, yeah, it's really good. Fahan, did you feel like you sacrificed anything for your ATAR? Ah, oh, yeah, okay. Um, well, I guess maybe the... the I think yes. Um, yeah, first I, of all, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I think the, the one thing I, 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 I did sacrifice was um, voice and communication lessons. So, at, at grammar, they... Um, they have these lessons for to improve your skills in public speaking. So... Mm. Um, so, you know, up until, I think, year 10, um, I'd uh, take some time out um, out of... Uh, well, at Grammar, we have 50-minute periods, generally six 50-minute periods a day um, that are allocated to classes and learning. Um, and so one of those 50-minute periods would be taken up with voice and communication lessons every week. Um, yes. And I found that really rewarding. Yes, but that wouldn't have been sustainable into your talk. Right, yes, uh, because it would have taken time out of my out of my classes so yeah uh, so I, I did I guess I did have to give that up but but at the same time um, being a prefect I, I did I while I didn't get to have those lessons I still got to exercise my uh, public speaking skills and communication at um, you know at assembly for instance giving speeches so at least I was able to experience that let's talk about that yeah you did a speech during the year that you memorized yes and learned and Delivered without a script. That's correct, yes. How did you approach that challenge? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, first of all, just a bit of background. So, I was lucky enough to be prefect. Each prefect gives um, a speech at a Friday assembly. Um, uh, each week, there's one prefect giving their prefect speech, and it's centered on one of the school's values, whether it's... I think you did accepting responsibility. I did. Um, yeah. Um, and whether it's seeking excellence. Um, but mine was learning. So that was, learning was the topic I had for my prefect speech. And like you say, I, um, I yes, took on the challenge of memorizing that, that entire prefect speech, which went on for about 12 minutes or something like that. Th 12, 13 minutes. Um, so yeah, it was uh, incredible to think why? that I, I did it. Why? Did you, why? Yes. Well, I mean, there's, diff there's different aspects aspects to it isn't there well first of all yeah um why did i do it well yeah. i think i i wanted to i wanted to prove to 
people in the room mm. that um, memorizing a speech uh, for me meant a little bit. Uh, it meant a little bit more than simply uh, looking at the words, chunking in them into sentences, and actually sort of trying to memorize them by reading them over and over again. Um, I wanted to convey the message that um, the reason I remembered my speech was because I understood what the message was and it came from the heart. Mm. So as opposed to some, a subject that you, you may not like as much where you have to pour over these you know, mountains of notes and read them over and over until you've absorbed them. Um, for me, it wasn't about that with my prefect speech. It wasn't about reading it over and over and absorbing it. It was just, you know... Um, it was just about communicating um, what I felt in my heart and what came naturally to me, uh, what occurred naturally to me. And so I wanted to convey that to the audience, that really this is from the heart. So in, in a sense, it wasn't memorized, um, in inverted commas. Although, of course, I had to... I, I mean, I had to memorize the general ideas and themes I was conveying. Um, but each time I actually delivered the speech in practicing, I, it actually wasn't worded the same every time. There were times where I'd change up the wording. Um, what I really knew and remembered was the just the general uh, the general theme and idea and the message I want to get across. So when you wrote that script, yeah. was it word for word, and then you yeah. built off that, or was it just a few dot points? It was it was actually a word for word script. It was word it for word. Had to get script. approved, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, um, but also so it gave me a, a clear sense of direction um, where I would take my speech. Yeah. Um, the the you know what kind of conceptual leaps I would make. Um, but yeah, when I was delivering it, I actually sort of, um, I didn't really stick to the, the script verbatim so much. True. Uh, yeah. And I think that uh, the, the other me- and the message I want to convey with that um, um, is that there's a link between that and academic studies. And that is to say that um, yeah. I, think, I, I think it's good to take the same approach with academic studies that I took with my speech to um, not necessarily memorize every word verbatim, but just absorb, just try and absorb the general uh, the theme and the idea of the concept so that you really you're, you're actually understanding it. you're not just reciting it from from memory because i don't think that gives you the deep understanding you need to apply the concept successfully to a difficult exam question and so that was the concept that you built your own knowledge off in your academic studies perhaps yeah going yeah into the exam yes absolutely yes so it's less verbatim and more Conceptual awareness. Perhaps. Yeah, conceptual awareness, yeah. It's difficult to articulate, I think, but yeah, essentially, I think you've nailed that, yeah. Just de- digging into it a little more deeply and trying to understand it as much as possible as opposed to just, you know, mindlessly memorizing it word for word from the textbook or something. I mean, I think for some subjects that perhaps doesn't work so much, I think especially subjects where, you know, health and human development or something, where you've got a lot of definitions, geography, then I think, you know, you've got a. I think it's good to, I have to acknowledge, concede that, you know, memorizing those definitions are, is good mm. because there's, but only because the definitions have lots of specific words that the examiners are looking for and that clearly define the concept. What about quotes in English? Oh, no, no, can we start on that? Oh, God. How'd you tackle that? Yeah, that is a, that's a tough nut to crack, isn't it? Um, I, I mean, again, you know. I think throughout this this podcast, you know, I think you'll agree that some of my strategies may not be for everybody. I think everybody has different approaches, but um, I think the way that I approach quotes in English mm. was, I think first of all, um, with that linking to that chunking idea we talked about earlier, chunking study sessions. Same thing here, chunking the quotes, and specifically, um, if you like, just uh, taking little snippets of quotes, like cropping them, if you will. Um, not necessarily remembering entire sentences, but just key phrases that um, highlight a certain feature of a, of a character. So, yeah, I think just memorizing those phrases. Um, and also um, looking at remembering key events in the, in the text hmm. and making a re- um, remembering what quotes link to that. So teachers can explain as much as they like. Yeah. Study skills can teach as much as it can. But for someone that's sat through the exams and come out the other side, do you have any practical tips for exam technique? Yeah, yeah. That's a really good question. I, I, you're absolutely right. I've said that a lot, haven't I? It's a really good question. That's, um, I've noticed that that's a lot. My, that's my job, Father. I know, I know. But the truth is they are all really good questions. I can't stop myself from saying it. Um, now that I've stalled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about practically. I, this, it, oh, this is not a test, Father. No, no, no. I just want to know whether or not you sat down. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about English first. Yeah, Did yeah. you start with section C? 
Yes, I did. So section C involves the interpretation of a written article. And yes. then obviously responding to that. Yeah. So why? Why did you start with that? Okay. Um, yeah, so like you say, section C, um, it's, I, I mean, in particular about analyzing the, the argument and the persuasive language used in those in those articles. Mm. Um, the, the, the reason I started with that was because it was a solid foundation, a solid, uh, you know, point of uh, point off of which to, to build. So whereas for sections A and B, you have um, sections A and B, you, you, you know the text, mm. you know the text inside it, you don't know what to, uh, the topic that you're going to write about. Whereas with the section C, it's the exact opposite. You don't know the, uh, the text at all. But you know what the topic is. It's yeah. it's, it's 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 a persuasive article. Um, so I think with that, for a lot of us, it's easier to start with a text, to know. Uh, oh, sorry, to to know what the topic is. Mm. We know exactly what we have to do. Whereas with um, a text response, uh, it might be well, you don't know what themes are going to come up, so you're a bit more unsure there. It's um, perhaps a bit more mechanical section. Yes, it is. There's yeah. it is more formulaic in that sense. What happens in methods when you get to a question that? you are having trouble with yes that that did actually happen to me um tell me about that yeah yeah okay so methods i think exam two is where the time management is really an issue although of course it can come up in exam one um i think in exam one yeah in exam one of course the first it's good to start off with the first question um, Mm. because it's usually quite it's uh, easy everyone's capable of it Uh, usually it's some usually it's uh some sort of uh well not simple it's not simple in methods but some sort of uh a basic differentiation question, okay, um, an integration question that you have to do, um, like what, like it what, was. What in happens for um, how, how long do you allocate before you move on? Ah, oh, that's oh, that's do a you good stick question. It? Sorry, do, do you just stick it? What do you mean? Do you just stick the question? Do oh just, no, stay there? never. No, no, never. Okay, no, okay. no, 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 no. Um, yeah, so I was rambling there, wasn't I? That's right. But the the yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think again, it, that does come up more in exam too. But yeah. generally, I find the first few parts of a question are pretty, um, you know, pretty easy to so work through. So parts A, B, C. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. They're usually easy to work through. But if I am getting stuck on that part, I will move on and yeah. come back to it. Yeah, because then that way it sort of just sits in the back of your mind for a yes, little bit. Yes, exactly. I think Give you yourself can... a little bit more time yes. to think about it. Interesting. I, I think if you let your subconscious work on it, there's actually... You'll find that when you come back to it, your brain will have thought of a different way to come at the question, different angle. Yeah. So it, that'll work. It's something that I've never experienced the same way apart from in an exam too. Like, it's a high-pressure situation. It you're is. sitting there. Yeah. And if you don't understand something, you just move on. And uh, when you come back, you've read that word wrong. Yeah, ex- exactly. Realize, like, that's not actually be. what the question asked. Yeah, yeah. Um, from what I know, Farhan, you're actually a very humble person. Okay. Oh, that's kind. So just, just, just putting it out there from what, um, the way you've responded to questions today. I want to know, personally, how do you respond when people refer to you as ducks? Do you celebrate that? Is that are you proud I, of that? I absolutely am. I am proud of it. I am. Um, yes, I, 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 I do. You know, I consider it just a great honor. Um, yeah. I think I, I think it stems from a few different sources, but number one, I think my family have always been very academically oriented, mm. and um, you know, I, I remember, um, um, you know, they would uh, yeah subtly mention offhand that my cousin also got ducks. Like, okay, yeah, thanks for that, no what pressure. Did he get? Um, he got ninety nine point nine five actually. Oh, wow. So that yeah, <laughs> but then again, he did he did graduate in like two thousand and four. So. Oh, easy peasy, mate. Well, yeah, yeah so he wasn't the same. Yeah, back then, well, back in my day. and he was in he was in Queensland. <laughs> so he was in Queensland as well. Oh, I didn't even do VC. Yeah, no, no, uh, no, no, and not to say that Queensland is. Queensland's system is inferior, of course. But, Here we go. <laughs> um, at, you know, obviously he did it you know, a long time ago, 2004. Yep. world was less complicated. I'm just spitballing excuses here. The point is he's, he's pretty smart. Um, the point so, yeah. is I'm smarter. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's, I think he's incredibly smart. Um, and he's, yeah. he's taught me a lot over the years as well. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that was a real inspiration. Um, so when I got ducks, I felt really honoured. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but also... Um, to know that you know, there's members of the school community coming up and congratulating me. Uh, I feel like I've done them proud as well, you know, to have, well, yeah, I mean, not to sound overly ambitious, but, you know, to put Goulburn Valley Grammar School um, on sort of on the map, if you like. Uh, it's nice to know I'm representing them well. You, you made me proud, Father. Ah, oh, thanks, Greg. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> what does someone need to do to get ducks? Coming from the man that did it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yes, I think, I think a big 
part of becoming ducks uh, for me certainly is looking at the bigger picture mm-hmm. of the entire state now what does that mean well i think i think we have a tendency to within schools to sort of compete against each other yep. uh, within our year level um, and I think that's good. It's good to have that competition. It, it spurs you on to do better. Um, and I think if if you can say, "Oh yes, I beat this top guy in, in the method sack," you know, that's you know by two percent, you know, it's an epic victory. Just coming coming in there at the last second and winning. That's good. Um, and I think with sacks, of course, you're only competing with your school. That's good. But I think to become ducks, you sort of well, the ducks is about being the top of the school, right? I think if you can aim beyond just the school and compete with other people throughout the state, compete with top people from the state, then you sort of expanded your horizons beyond the school. Yeah. You're competing with, say, the top schools in Melbourne. If you have that mindset, I think you'll be spurred on to, in, in a way, to um, exceed your classmates who more than likely will be just focused on what their friends or classmates are getting. Were you distracted by what your classmates were getting? Um. Well, yes and no. I think for the sacks, there, of course, you know, people did beat me in sacks. Um, and it sort of got me worried. I'm like, oh, no, here we go. Um, and I think uh, in particular, you know, chemistry um, mm. methods, I wasn't I wasn't the top of the class. Um, so I think after the exams finished, I sort of got worried about that. I'm like, oh, is this going to go really well? Um, and in the end... You know, it turned out just amazing. Um, so I think the lesson for that is, yeah, I mean, I was definitely preoccupied with what some of my classmates were getting because they're, you know, they're really talented. Yeah. Um, we got really good students here. But I think, in a way, that spurred me on to do better. So that, that helped. Yeah, so it was that competition within the, the class and yeah. the year level that would spur you on. And uh, yes. you were saying before that you look to other top students for competition. That's right. Yeah, I think in Melbourne. Yeah, I mean, you look at people like Jerry Mao. I don't know if you've heard of Jerry Mao, but um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's the kind of guy who was getting Just a, a 50. top achiever. Yeah. Oh yeah. well, but you know, he was like crazy. You know, getting fifty in methods in year nine or something, year okay. ten. So he's, he's one of those, um, you know, real prodigies. Um, yeah. yeah. So if you're if you're listening, Jerry, uh, big respect, man. You're a legend. Um, but yeah, Share yeah, people you, like man. that. I'm looking out for and knowing that if I want to become ducks, do well across, you know, throughout, um, do well in terms of, um, you know, competing with people from the state of Victoria. I realize I have to, you know, also. I mean, we've got talented people in our school as well, of course. But mm-hmm. I focused a lot of my thoughts on um, thinking about what the, you know, the elite uh, students in Melbourne are doing, whether they're from Caulfield grammar or trinity or you know melbourne melbourne grammar all these um all these elite secondary institutions in melbourne yeah. um, just think about what they're doing what they're doing to prepare and making sure i i keep up with them um, of course i don't know what they're doing exactly i'm not stalking them but i'm knowing i i, I you know i go into my study sessions i don't know if i'm, <laughs> I'm not sure mate I, <laughs> sounds a little bit predatory <laughs> no um yeah. Okay. So yeah. it was more of a more of a lookout outlook, sort of stay in your lane, but also make sure that your lane was also the fast lane. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. yes. Interesting. What's next for you, Farhan? You're going to uni tomorrow. I am. Yes, I, yeah. I'm moving. Uh, I know. Yeah, tomorrow is a Saturday, which is a bit weird. But well, um, essentially, I'm moving into college right mm-hmm. um, at tomorrow, Saturday. Um, I'm going to International House. Um, yeah, a college from the, of the University of Melbourne, and I'm just so excited to be there. What course, um, mate? What course are you doing? Yeah, so I'm doing a Bachelor of Biomedicine at uh, again at the University of Melbourne. Um, yep. That'll take three years. Um, but like I said before, you know, I've had this real passion for maths and science since I was young. So what I want to do with that is after the biomed, um, mm. I want to I want to complete a Master of Engineering, Master of Biomedical Engineering. It's yeah, an emerging yeah. field. There really is. exciting. Uh, yeah. It's a real fusion of health sciences, medicine, um, you know, normal or normal sciences like chemistry um, and physics, as well as of course maths. Mm. Um, the and the engineering problem solving um, aspect to that. So that's something that really fascinates me. And I think hopefully once I've done that, I will I will go into research. Or um, and I haven't quite looked this up yet, but yeah, I think biomedical research um, is the end goal. So maybe if there's some kind of honors degree that will take me there. Were those career pathways and options able to spur you on during your studies in year 12 or is that more of an after-the-fact realisation that those are the fields that you wanted to move into? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, great question. I've said that a lot. But I, to be <laughs> honest, I think it I think it has spurred me on. Yeah, so in so many ways. you had your eyes on that for yeah, quite a while. I have. Um yes, I have. I I think it was it was one winter, one winter weekend in year. One warm winter. <laughs> this is not Game of Thrones. Okay? <laughs> this is not quite Game of Thrones Blood style. <laughs> it's not Game of Thrones style winter, but um. <laughs> oh okay. Um, and you just realised. Yeah, year ten. It was like yeah, yeah in um in sort of midterm two, I think. And we just had this careers session. Oh, that's um, cool. That's, that's cool. cool. Oh, okay. And so we got shown our school careers website. I went on there, looked at careers. I saw biomed engineering, mm. under engineering, because yeah. uh, I'd always been interested in engineering. But then I saw biomed engineering and I thought, oh my goodness. As soon as I read the description, it's about you know applying engineering techniques in order to solve yeah. contemporary uh, problems in medicine, you know, yeah. coming up with new, designing new devices. Um, and, you know, looking at nanotechnology, it just fascinated me so much. From that instant, I was hooked. It was pretty late at night too. It was about you know eleven thirty p.m. Yeah. So as you do eleven thirty p.m. You're you're on the careers website and uh, you're in your feels file, huh? Yeah. You're trying to work out where your career's headed. Yeah. As soon as I <laughs> oh man, as soon as I saw that, I just it clicked for you. It clicked. It yeah. Clicked. What so did that, that feel like? Ah, oh, it was just uh, like, just a moment of just pure revelation. And you're like, I know what I need to do. Yes, I, I, I had have this, a reason. I had this clear direction. That's great. Because um, I I think that was a worry at that point. I'm like, after school, what if I don't have the motivation? Because yeah. throughout school, I'd always been motivated to learn. Mm. Uh, so I was worried. I, you know, what I might not find that same motivation at university. But thankfully, I have. So yeah, it's really good. Oh, Fahan, you've well and truly blown my socks off. Oh, thanks. Well, almost. They're, they're still on. They're still on. They're yeah. stripy today. Oh, okay. nice. I had a couple last questions for you. Yeah, yeah. So, one of these questions takes a little bit of explaining, but I really want to get your input. Of course. Uh, the ingredient X theory is the theory that people are either born to be successful or learn and develop an ingredient X, quote, unquote, uh, inside their personality that allows them to achieve. It's not really a yes or no question, but what are your thoughts on this theory? Oh, that that is brilliant. Ingredient. Uh, now I get where the name comes from. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't explain it well enough to. That's well, can, okay. Because it's, it's like an X factor that takes the you. X factor was taken as a name. Ah, oh, <laughs> really? Really? Well, I, yeah, wonder, I wonder major, where. No, I've seen it. I've seen it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you just got me good for huh? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I love the singers there are pretty good, aren't they? Yeah. So what do you think? Yeah, ah, oh, I um, I really do love that. Um, I, I, I admit I was a little worried when you said people um are born to be successful. I thought, oh no, that's not necessarily true. Mm. But you did say either, so you well, opened up that other option. It's um, up to you, mate. What, what do you, what do you think? Do you uh, think? But I think you're very, you're very right to open up that other option. That um, people can develop these, um, mm. these talents and add, you know, the ingredient X. I think that's absolutely true. So I think you'd be more inclined to believe that it's your external environmental factors. Yeah. Yes. As opposed to who you are, yes, that d- dictates success. Yes, I think I've, I think I've heard that many times. I've heard the idea that pure natural talent on its own, um, that isn't necessarily enough, especially if you don't hone those skills in the proper environment. Mm. And I think I'm, I know I'm rambling on a bit here, but if the listeners want to look up um, this this guy called Ramanujan, um, this mathematician, R A M A. N U J A N Ramanujan is Indian mathematician. Okay. Um, he didn't have any. He didn't have any formal training. Yep. Um. You know, he was he was he was um born in India in like the uh, late eighteen hundreds, okay. and you know he was really poor. You can imagine that sort of really poor community, destitute. Um. Yeah, I think he was. Um. I think, I'm pretty sure his parents died when he was quite young. I see. He didn't have any formal education, but. Um, one day, I'm not sure how, I can't remember how exactly, but he came to pick up a maths book. Um, and would you believe from that, just reading this basic maths book, he was able to derive in his head theories uh, and principles in maths that no one had ever seen before. He was like this this boy wonder, just a once-in-a-generation genius. So people at Cambridge University, they actually got him to come over. I think Hardy was his name. He got Ramanujan to come over to England, show off his skills. Um, so they asked him to prove all these results, show off his mathematical prowess. The trouble was, he couldn't. He was the kind of guy who did it in his head like that. Mm. He couldn't actually show his working on on paper. So he couldn't prove concepts. No, he couldn't prove them. He just knew them. He, he just knew them. they existed. He just had the sixth sense that they were true. It's just, just remarkable. Yeah. So he's that kind of just remarkable once in a one in a billion 
kind of uh, just a remarkable uh, mind. So would you say that it was that maths book that helped formulate his brain, or was he born like that? I, okay, yes, he. Yeah, I'm getting to it. So he was he was born like that. For sure. But going back to your ingredient X theory, it was the teachers at Cambridge that honed his skills and that kind of environment that I think ultimately led to his success. It sort of, it put his mind in the right direction. Um, so yes, he had this natural mathematical ability, but he didn't have the formal training to know where to take that. He didn't quite know where to take that. I think it's the same with any other people who are born with these real talents. Um, if they don't, if they don't hone the skill and they have the right environment, that ingredient X that has to be developed, I don't think they can quite, um, quite get there. Mm. So yeah, I think the ingredient X theory is really powerful, and I think it also sends a good message to people who maybe feel like they're not really talented at anything. That actually, you know what, you you've got that ingredient X in there somewhere. Somewhere, I think everyone has it deep inside. Somewhere. They just got to discover it. That's it. That's beautiful, Father. No problem. Any final words, mate? Um, oh yeah, I guess uh, you know, to students listening to this who are probably studying VC, I think I just, just want you to know that it's not impossible by any stretch of the imagination. It's uh, obviously it's difficult, but look at us too. You know, we're, we've come out the other side uh, looking okay. We have not yeah. too bad, not too shabby, uh, not too shabby. Um, and I think just wanted I just wanted to say that no matter how difficult you think it might be, no matter no matter how much stress you might th- uh, you know you might be under. Just always know that um, you you are going to come out the other side. Just put in that. Just put in that work. Keep at it. Keep climbing that mountain, and you will ascend it. You will ascend it. Mm. We'll leave it there. Finally. All right. Thank you very much. Mate. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Farhan interview. I hope your socks were blown off as much as mine were. It'll be interesting to see where Farhan ends up. I think you'll agree he's quite the academic man. I also hope everyone listening got at least one gem from Farhan's words and can transform his teachings into your everyday life. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Grady Tyson. Stay tuned for some conversations you won't want to miss right here on the Ingredient X podcast.